to be here with everybody. Welcome, listeners. Welcome. I'm here with Ari, and hey, we are so excited to talk to you today about direct response marketing, infomercials, and what we can learn and apply when we think about product growth and B2B marketing. So, Ari, set us up for the day. Yeah. You don't have the same childhood experiences, it sounds like I had with infomercials. Maybe your parents took better care of you or something, but I was in front of the TV either early morning or late night, I don't know when, in the 70s, and my hero was Ron Popeil. And really, in a serious sense, when I got into marketing, I started to think about what makes great marketing. And the more I thought about it, it's one thing to sell a product that everyone needs. It's quality. You demo it, they buy it. What was so fascinating about Ron Popeil and pick your own favorite infomercial is selling things that people really don't need. My favorite example is this pocket fisherman. I keep one on my desk to remind me because pocket fisherman, just think about this premise. You have a need that you don't realize. Imagine you're walking by a lake and you suddenly have this uncontrollable urge to go fishing. But what can you do? All you have is your keys in your wallet. No, with the pocket fisherman, you also have a fishing rod in your pants, uh, which sounds really bad when I say it that way. But you have a, picket, a fishing rod in your pocket. You take it out and you're fishing. No human being in the world needs this. The actual fishing rod is much too big to go in your pocket. Like, none of it makes any sense. And I went back and I looked. He sold 35 million units of this. How do wow. you do that? So my question for the day is, if Ron Popeil can sell 35 million pocket fishermen, a fishing rod that does not fit in your pocket for a task that never comes up for you or a need that doesn't actually exist, what can we take from that to go sell the things in a B2B environment that actually matter to business and to success? All right. Love it. What a great provocation. All right, so as a little background and context, Ron Popeil, American inventor, marketing guru, founder of the ideas around direct response marketing that we still practice today. A man who, as Ari tells it, the legend is sold, he sold, I mean, this isn't legend, he sold 35 million units of the pocket fisherman and, and we all know how often we're fishing on our average day. So there is definitely something here. So Ari, let me maybe ask you, as a guy who has studied Ron Popeil, what do you think are some of the key elements that makes infomercials, that makes Ron Popeil, that makes direct response marketing so powerful? Study is much too strong a word. There probably are people who study. We probably should go and invite them to have a conversation with us. But I have reflected on it. And the mechanics of it are really obvious. For Ron Popeil and these other folks on TV, because they'll start with a unbelievable claim. It's over the top. They're big personalities, high energy. They demo their products. That's probably an important one. They have a lot of testimonials, often in front of a live audience. So it's not just Ron telling me, it's everyone telling me. 
they always put in a reason to act now. It's 1995 if you're caller number something something or buy now and get two for one. So there's always those elements. There's probably better structure you could put those in. Those elements are going to always be there. And then at the core of it, what I keep coming back to is they really make a powerful emotional appeal, which is if half the things I'm telling you are right, you do not want to miss out on this. I can say that as an owner of the pocket fisherman and the rotisserie oven and what else do I have? I don't know if I have any other profile products, but you, you can't not try these things. I don't know what the equivalent would be in B2B, but I know that kind of energy and that kind of testimonial and that kind of demo mindset, that's got to translate, right? Yeah. The coming in big with the personality, that idea of getting into the demo quickly and showing proof through the demo, um, the call to action, the limited time to act, uh, creating that sort of fear of missing out. Um, but also that element of, but wait, there's more you also get, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about this a little bit too. And I was that, but you also get, it reminds me a little bit of, of Steve jobs. One more thing, yeah. right. Where you kind of are at the end, like that's the place where I'd seen that, but wait, there's more idea. One more thing. And I do wonder in the B2B context, when we think about product demo, or we think about getting to some of these proof points or testimonials quickly, I think what's harder is like with OxyClean, you know, I can see my shirt go in and I can see my shirt come out over the course of the 30 minute infomercial. I think when I'm dealing with like data fabric, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, wait, now I got to go back. I got to get the data. I got to get an engineer to put that data in for me. <laughs> yeah. Or I got to upload the CSV file. Then I got to go Watson to be able to run the query. Like there's also this idea of time, which I think makes it a little bit harder, but the principles I think are something that we can't lose sight of. What if you just started with one principle? I don't even know that's the most important, but think about the tone of a B2B advertisement versus the tone of an infomercial. But just that the energy, the showmanship, the spectacular, the circus-like barker of a salesperson on this. And then if you think about that energy and compare it to B2B, which is almost purposely going really low key. I'm going to get a very mature sounding person talking relatively slowly about the value. I do wonder if you're trying to connect with people on an emotional level, a more emotional level, what would that kind of energy, clearly not to the level of a show commercial, but what would it look like to interject more of that energy that I have something so exciting to tell you? Your Apple example is kind of good because from the stage, I do think, there have been spokespeople for technology who interject real energy into the conversation, but you don't see that one B two B. Yeah, I, I I think that energy point is a good one to build on, and I think that one of the other elements here is this idea of 
building community or followership. Yeah. And again, I think Apple's done that really well in the technology space, right? Uh, better than anyone. But how do we think about bringing more energy, harnessing that energy, winning over early converts, and then harnessing their energy so that we're building a community that is committed to product growth, to amplifying this kind of mindset around what B2B technology can do to transform businesses. So if you imagined, I'm trying to think of IBM now, I've got to go sell, let's go extreme. I've got to go sell a mainframe computer. And it's the least likely thing to be in the infomercial for all the reasons you said before. But if I had to bring that formula to sell it, I'm in front of a live audience and they're going to be testimonials and they're going to be demos and I'm going to speak with real energy and propose things that are going to amaze you. And at the end, I'm going to tell you, you got to act now to get it. I could imagine those principles translating to something as unlikely as a giant mainframe server. What do you think? Too far? No, I think it works. But I think that what we have to do there is that we have to connect it to what the mainframe allows us to do, which again is a Ron Popeil uh, or you know Billy Mays outcome, right? OxyClean, Billy Mays is popular. Like it was, yeah, you could get your shirt super clean, but guess what? You could also save like a ton of room in your closet and you can save yourself money and it's faster. You're saving yourself time. It's that same idea of the mainframe. It's like, you know, here are all the ways this mainframe can help you transform your business. And only then do we have the energy to like, and the passion, right? To, to, to be convinced that this is something we should get excited about. So I think connecting the product to what it enables you to do, uh, I think would be a key principle in infomercials and helping to start that first domino around energy and passion, connecting to the product demo. I'm looking at the IBM Z page as we're talking, because it starts by saying, move your business forward with our industry unique computing platform and accelerates transformation by simplifying hybrid cloud adoption, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't capture what you just said. Different kind of value proposition. I'm sure you could move your business forward. It's definitely industry unique. But if you start with later, even on the page, it talks about unlock 2.5 times more value than the public cloud alone. Now, now all right, we're talking. Now Popeil is, you got his ear saying, I'm going to make a big claim. I got something so important to tell you today. You have got to listen to me. I have got a solution today that will unlock two times, two and a half times more value than the public cloud alone. And this guy, Phil, is going to come tell you about his experience, and Susan's going to tell you, and it's too good to pass up on, so act now. Right. What a different tone than move your business forward, and then there. Yeah, that's right. We should move that headline <laughs> about 2.5 is a big deal. Yeah. Like, that's a big number. I didn't even know that. That, you know, headline the page with that. 
And by the way, maybe we should even write, what does that mean? Like, what does 2.5 mean? Well, look, it means that you're going to be able to have way more insight, which is going to be able to make you smarter in the decisions you're making. You're going to have better ROI on all of your investments because of that insight. You're going to get different transformative business results in your quarterly reports. Like, I don't know, you're going to delight customers more. What are those things that go even one step further from 2.5 times better? That's good. So I'm going to make our first rule, I think, from this conversation, which is if you can't shout your opening value proposition, like a Billy May, it's not a winning value proposition, right? You got to be able to, sh- it's got to feel like something you can shout at an audience and clap your hands. And and then to your point, I think behind that, wouldn't that lend itself beautifully to demos and testimonials? Right? I'm going to talk about 2.5 and I'm going to shout that from the rooftop and tell you why. And here now I'm going to bring some up to stage to tell you why that 2.5 transformed their, their business, their life. And- yeah, and then let's take it one step further. And by the way, Act now and act now by texting us. Yeah. Act now by calling this 1 800 number and some real person will answer your phone. Right? right? You're like, oh my God. Like, right? That's that's what Poe Peel did, right? Like, we would call up and we would place our order or send us more information or, right? Like, how do we make it? the modern day equivalent of the 1-800 number is that text, right? How yeah. do you make it so easy? Scan here for a QR code and we will immediately send you out whatever you need to know. I think in B2B, it can range anything from if there's a trial or demo, if it's software, try it now. There's a 30-day free trial waiting for you and someone's standing by to walk you through that. Or if it's a service experience, there's an expert ready to take you through how to get started. Or even if it's something as concrete as a million dollar plus server, there's a reason to act on that now. And I do like the idea of like any good product-led marketing, product-led growth, you're driving as close as you can to that product experience. Either go try the product yourself. I think probably would say risk-free. Try 30 days risk-free. So in this case, try the demo today. Try the trial today. Or talk to the expert today. If we could link those pieces together with that kind of energy, I do think those lessons translate. I also think those lessons translate. And the best part is, but wait there's more that's right if if you act now we will also and i don't know what that also is but i know for me that if you hook me at the beginning then the but wait there's more might be around uh joining some sort of community of others who are who are who are passionate about these same things and are looking to action on them, you know, whether that's um, uh, a garage type event uh, or whether that's some sort of 
you know, asynchronous or synchronous conference type event, or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about also the things that would appeal to me in my limited timescape. Um, but I do think there's, there's more, there's more to be had by connecting people who are passionate here on these topics. Yeah, I can imagine even things like the upcoming event, the upcoming webinar, the upcoming study. Yeah. Connecting them and now making them free. It's because you're acting now that this study is free to you exclusively. Right. That's a good one. But wait, there's more. We also have the 65-page thought leadership guide that shows you how companies just like yours are, you know, we we have that. We also have access to the experts who wrote the book on it, right? So there is definitely a frame here that works for infomercials to B2B. And I- You know what I love- Go ahead. You know what I love about that? Is it takes marketing material that sometimes we're almost apologetically trying to get people to consume. Like, would you read my- my book, would you watch this video? And it flips it and it makes it such an opportunity for you in this moment, because you've seen the vision of all this can give to you, you wanna act now and take advantage of this. And I'm not pleading with you, won't you register and come to my event? This is the opportunity for you. I, I do think it's worth some experimentation around whether changing that tone has a material impact on people's uptake. Yeah, I think the one question we also have to ask ourselves is, as B2B marketers, how do we think about direct response marketing and our brand? So maybe I'll ask you that question, Ari. With Ron Popeil, with Billy Mays, you know, they, they're, they built their brand on direct response. They built trust with their community on direct response, but they also had a tone and a tenor uh, that was their brand. How do we think about direct response and you know, brand in general, whether you want to use the IBM brand or another brand? It does feel that there's a balance to be struck, clearly. So I can certainly speak for my brand. IBM is not going to come in yelling about unsubstantiated claims. It's not who we are. But the balance between our brand and that kind of energy and focus on the product experience, I also think an element of confidence I take from these pitchmen that I don't always see in the way we're going to market today. And I think you could blend a traditional brand and the things that characterize IBM in my case and interject that energy and interject that confidence and interject that sense that there's something exciting to be done today and not be apologetic. B2B almost feels someone that's apologetic for energy or for excitement. I also think knowing your brand platform, uh, which for those that don't know, is all around this idea of let's create, let's create what we know and have inside of ourselves, what we know is possible. There is an energy to that. There is a passion to that. So I think in the case of 
the IBM brand and, and everything we're talking about, I think it absolutely plays. And I would say that that is true as well for most B2B brands I know, so long as we stay on the passion side of energy versus the, let me, you know, we had a guy uh, where I grew up, which was in a town called Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and his name was like Crazy Eddie, right? And like yes. Crazy Eddie was like, we're going to sell the prices and we're going to go crazy. Like that is like on the other side, I think of passion and energy, which is a little bit more of like, he built his band on being crazy Eddie. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that is perhaps not um, going to work with every, every brand. You say politely. I believe crazy, crazy Eddie is in prison. Oh, it's not. Just to give you, yeah. To talk about right? Oh my yeah. God. Um, <laughs> I believe the whole crazy Eddie empire was a scam but it's true let's stay on the right side of the law let's stay on the right <laughs> side of our legal department and still try to gain some of these benefits yeah the um idea of passion energy trust using that framework um of the product demo to the testimonials to the act now there's more we always want to be delivering value Lots to learn and apply. Awesome stuff, Ari. I love it. Turns out it works out. I did not waste my childhood. Have a great day. Talk soon. Thanks for joining